When you can't attack the facts, you attack the process and you attack the media. That's all there is to it. It's a great strategy. What I'm always amazed at is my fellow Republican friends in Washington, you know, they, they love the New York Times and the Washington Post when they attack Nadler, Schiff, or Pelosi. But as soon as those same reporters attack Trump, fake news, fake news, fake news. You can't have it both ways. Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content following this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Congress may be on recess, but a number of lawmakers are still on Capitol Hill holding hearings on the impeachment inquiry and these new text messages. This as the president doubles down, publicly calling for foreign leaders to help investigate his top 2020 rival. So what about Vice President Pence's role in all of this? Could he be under scrutiny as well? Thursday, I sat down with Congressman Andre Carson and I asked him about the president's remarks. China should start an investigation into the Biden. This week, we've seen the president lashing out at Democrats and now publicly calling for Ukraine and China to investigate the Bidens. What are you hearing? Do you think we're headed towards articles of impeachment against the president? I think uh, we're certainly headed that direction. It's no secret that China, along with Russia, uh, for decades have spied on us, have attempted to spy on us, have attempted to disrupt our elections, have attempted to gather intelligence on elected officials and and uh, fellow citizens and also smear campaigns. And so for him to openly do this kind of call is blatant and it's disrespectful. Is this another Russia, if you are listening, moment for the president in terms of what he said on the South Lawn of the White House? It's part two, and he's uh, replaced Russia with China. I think he's using the same strategy that got him elected the first time, and hopefully it won't work. You're headed back for more hearings yes. over the recess. What do you want to hear from, from those who come in front of the House Intelligence Committee as Congress weighs this decision on impeachment? We hope to hear the truth, uh, but we also want to send a message to any whistleblowers out there that we will do whatever we can in our power to protect you, and we want to protect the pipeline for future whistleblowers in the future. In the meantime, other lawmakers are back home in their districts over recess, many members trying to make the case for impeachment to the American people. How, how do you do that in a state where the president won by nearly 20 points? Well, it's also a state where Barack Obama won, um, not by 20 points, but he still won the state. So Hoosiers are independent thinkers. Uh, I think Americans are watching enough television and social media to be able to make their own rational decision. I saw a poll this morning that said Americans are trending more toward impeachment. So it's a positive sign for us. Would you vote for articles of impeachment if they came to the floor today? At this point, absolutely. Indiana Republicans have largely rallied around the president. Congressman Larry Bouchon said last week that Democrats have had an impeachment agenda for the last two and a half years, that they're trying to find something to fit their agenda. What's your response to that? Well, I, I, I don't agree. I mean, um, Congressman Bouchon and I are neighbors and we're, 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 we have a good relationship. But I think it's clear that Trump is uh, making the case for impeachment himself. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need Democrats to make the case. He's doing it for himself. Um, the American people have called our office. Constituents have called our office. Democrats and Republicans who have had enough of this president's antics. But this week, you also have Republicans, including the president, pointing to the fact that your committee chair did have perhaps some contact, knowledge of the whistleblower complaint before it was filed. Here's what the president said. He knew long before, and he helped write it, too. It's a scam. 
Congressman Jim Banks also calling for Chairman Schiff to be censured. Uh, he's also uh, called him out for paraphrasing the, the transcript to some degree. Are you concerned any of this might hurt your case? No, not at all. Uh, Chairman, Chairman Schiff is an accomplished prosecutor. He has a great record of, of catching criminals and convicting criminals. I think uh, the Intel Committee is surrounded by former members of the intelligence community, CIA, NSA, NRO, and, and other agencies, as well as former prosecutors, along with members like myself and others who come from law enforcement who are former attorneys. So we have the skill set there. It's just a matter of allowing us to work we work in a top-secret environment, allowing us to do our job to make sure that we preserve the republic, if you will. Does that matter? Should that matter to people if uh, Chairman Schiff or others on the House Intelligence Committee knew about uh, the whistleblower in advance of the complaint being filed? Well, he, 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 first, that hasn't been proven. Um, secondly, I think it's important to note that the whistleblower has the right to come directly to the committee if he or she feels as if the process has been corrupted. That's part of the procedure that's exactly. laid out for, for, exactly. for whistleblowers. Uh, does, it, does it hurt, though, just in terms of the perception uh, of the way any of this was handled to the American people? Well, I think right now my Republican colleagues are, are, are playing chess. Uh, many of them who are, are also embarrassed by Donald Trump are afraid to do it because in some of their districts, a tweet alone from Do Donald Trump could hurt their reelection efforts. So. They're, they're walking a tightrope, unfortunately. I want to ask you also about Vice President Pence. We've seen reports this week uh, about the vice president and what he or his staffers may have known about all of this and may have known about the phone call. Do you believe he should be investigated as well? Well, I think uh, Vice President Pence has stated that uh, while he had knowledge of the call, he was kind of uh, involved, he didn't have any awareness of any attempt to uh, use Ukraine as an apparatus to get dirt on Joe Biden. His national security advisor apparently was listening in uh, on the call. What do you make of that news? Uh, it, 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 it's hard to say. Um, though Vice President Pence and I have some philosophical views, I've always found him to be a patriotic guy. You, you don't think he'll get wrapped up in all of this as well? Uh, it's hard to say. All right, so what does the vice president have to say about all of this? He briefly spoke with reporters about the situation earlier this week. I think is worth looking into, and the president made it very clear that he, he believes, uh, he believes our, our uh, other nations around the world uh, should look into it as well. So the Washington Post reporting that the VP's national security advisor, as we said, was on that phone call with Ukraine back in July as well. Meantime, we're also hearing from the presidential candidates on the question of impeachment, including South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who was here in Indianapolis on Friday. Our Birchel Edme has more. Mayor Pete Buttigieg was the keynote speaker at the Indianapolis NAACP's Freedom Fund, the 50th banquet that they've held. He talked about his agenda for African-Americans. Now, when we spoke to him, he also talked about ways to advance not just this community, but the nation. And to do that, he said we had to make sure that President Trump is out, whether first by impeachment or by electing Buttigieg to the White House. The mayor was clear when he told us the president's own words on national television, calling on China to investigate the Bidens is a smoking gun. What we know is that this is an abuse of power of the highest order. And I think the most important question over the weeks ahead in Washington will be whether Republicans in the House and Senate are reunited with their conscience. I think the most important process for dealing with this president is to defeat him in November of next year. Strong condemnation of the GOP as well as President Trump from Pete Buttigieg, who just recently launched his first campaign office here in Indiana. 
The mayor said, you know what, that is no indication or hint that he plans to run for governor. He says the only job he wants is president of the United States. For In Focus, I'm Birchel Edmay. All right, Birchel, thanks. We also heard this week from Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill addressing, among other topics, this ongoing impeachment inquiry in Washington. Are you worried at all the president might be impeached? I'm not very concerned about uh, uh, whether or not the president will be impeached. I think that uh, uh, clearly uh, since he was elected there have been efforts to uh, change the outcome of the election. Um, we went through some two, two years or two years plus of an investigation and impeachment was hanging in the balance. Um, uh, so that word is always out there waiting for something to jump in the way and suggest that now's the time. Um, I think it's like anything. Um, if there's allegations out there, they should play the course. Um, uh, they should be thorough about what they're doing. Uh, there seems to be a lot of putting the, the uh, horse before the cart, if you will. And um, I have, uh, based on what I've seen, uh, it's still early in the process and I would expect it all to um, uh, move favorably towards the president. All right, now we sat down with the Attorney General primarily to discuss the debate over marijuana prosecutions in Marion County after the interim prosecutor announced they would no longer go after possession cases involving small amounts of marijuana. Well, certainly uh, every prosecuting attorney uh, and, and every county has the, the right to um, prioritize their interests and prioritize their, their resources. And um, that's from... Uh, from the north to the south and the east and west. Every prosecutor has that responsibility. Um, the, the concern is when you have, when you hold out in a community that a particular statute is not going to be enforced for whatever reason, that invites um, those who choose uh, to engage in that type of behavior. Making a blanket statement or declaration that uh, an entire statute is not going to be enforced, um, that's a bit unusual. All right, now we also asked Hill about his own political future. Wait till you see that. We'll have that coming up. Meantime, this debate over marijuana in Marion County playing a big role in the conversation as Democrats look to replace former prosecutor Terry Curry. Nick McGill has the latest. Yeah, Dan, interim prosecutor Ryan Mears made a lot of news this week with that decision on marijuana cases. And now the job is officially his. Marion County Democrats gathered Saturday morning, choosing Mears over Tim Moriarty, who works as special counsel in the mayor's office. Moriarty had the backing of party officials, including Mayor Joe Hogshead and Congressman Andre Carson. But Mears was vocal about his experience and his desire to stay in the role long term. Marion County is going to continue to be a compassionate place where we're going to give uh, everybody the opportunity uh, to succeed, and, but we're going to draw a hard line in the sand when it, when it comes to uh, violent crime. Mayor Hogsett's campaign issued a statement congratulating Mears for being chosen by the party caucus. Dan? All right, thanks. Up next, we'll talk about the governor's latest trip to Asia, talking trade in the midst of an ongoing trade war. Also ahead, voters in Kokomo about to elect a new mayor. So who will it be? We'll talk with the candidates coming up. All right, let's bring in our panel now. Former GOP lawmaker Mike Murphy, Democratic yeah. District Chair and co-founder of Hoosier Women Forward, Leanne Holka. 2016 Vice Chair for the Indiana Trump Campaign, Tony Samuel, and former State Party Chair for the Indiana Democrats, Robin Winston. Thank you all for being here this week. Mike, I'll start with you. What stood out to you this week amidst this <clears throat> impeachment inquiry and now more scrutiny for the Vice President as well? House Democrats requesting 
documents from Vice President Mike Pence. Well, at the first of all, as, as I said last week, we have to let a lot of this kind of settle out for a while because there's going to be a lot of um, mixed allegations and back and forth. So we don't know what the truth is, number one, and we don't know how this is all going to end by any means. But I think the biggest impression for me was confusing messages among uh, Republicans in Washington. You had Pence saying, Pence's staff saying he didn't know anything about it, about the, the uh, Trump call. Then we find out that his chief uh, international security guy, Clifford, or whatever his name was, Kellogg, was on the call. Um, and so then you also have Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway debating her own Republican friend, Scott Jennings, on whether she's doing a good job on communications. And um, it's just they need to get their messaging and their act together a little bit better if they're going to do a good job of defending the well, president. Mike, Mike Pence also said um, about people in the White House that it comes with unique responsibilities, not just to be above impropriety, or not just to be above impropriety, but to be above the appearance of impropriety. Um, so stop right there. I mean, who wrote his speech? Nancy Pelosi? Well, <laughs> I mean, he seems no, to forget who's in the highest office. Very right. In 2016, during the vice presidential debate, uh, Pence said that no foreign government, foreign donors or foreign government should be involved in any political activity in the United States. That's and here you have the crux of this And here you have Trump asking them to get involved. Tony, is this getting harder for the administration, Trump supporters, to defend? No, what stood out to me this week, uh, several things. One, Adam Schiff, it, it's, it, it's, it's been um, uh, shown now that he had contact or his office had contact with uh, the so-called whistleblower well before he, had, he, he said um, that the complaint, or well before the complaint actually came in to, through the Inspector Congress General. Congressman telling us that's part of the procedure that they can go to someone in the intelligence community or to the committees. But well, I don't know about going through the committee, but yeah, definitely. How, and then how the, it, the other thing that stood out is that Adam Schiff's, um, his uh, a very untruthful uh, de depiction of what uh, the, the phone call, uh, what President Trump said. He made stuff up, basically. Um, so, th you know, that, that makes him look terrible. Uh, he's been lying about a lot of things over the years, saying that he had evidence of Russian collusion. That didn't pan out at all. Um, the other thing that stood out is this isn't a really uh, an impeachment uh, inquiry yet. It hasn't gone to the full House. Whether it does or not, that's a question um, that, that remains to be answered. But uh, Republicans aren't getting subpoena power. They aren't getting to call witnesses. The president isn't getting to defend himself. It's really become a circus, and the American people are, are realizing that. Well, I Robin? think it's important, too, to remember, despite you said there's no evidence about the Russian collusion, that investigation is still ongoing right now. Yeah, well, it's ongoing Robert, with, Robert with, with what um, is, is pertinent to what we're talking about. It's ongoing uh, to, sh to show how it started with the Ukrainians that were corrupt, and that's what Barr is looking at right now. What do you make of what we see? I make a lot of things of it. I mean, look, the guy stands by the helicopter and starts in and says, China, get involved. So he's trying to affect the next election already. It, they're not upholding the Constitution. I mean, the strict constitutionalists in their party aren't following the things that they should follow. And we're finding out more and more facts as we go along. I mean, it really is the breaking news network. I mean, every time we turn around, there's something new coming out. So we have got to go through the factual things of this. We've got to protect our national security, which they have pretty much given away. I thought Donald Trump would be afraid of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and, and people that had true threats to America. His biggest concern is Joe Biden. And that's all he's worried about. Well, the other thing that, that I just remembered was that the, uh, the senior Republican senator, Grassley of Iowa, who presided over the uh, Kavanaugh hearings and everything else, I think did a pretty good job, has said to this week, or last week, we have to protect the whistleblower. This idea of 
the president saying, we're going to find him, we're going to get him, and all that kind of stuff. He said, no, we have to protect the whistleblower. We have to protect the process. We've still not heard much yet from Senator Todd Young. He has some events here in Indianapolis next week. Meantime, we're a little more than a week away from the next presidential debate. Twelve candidates qualified, all on the same stage, a week from Tuesday in Columbus, Ohio. Bernie Sanders' campaign says the senator will be there after having heart surgery this past week. Also, in recent days, quite an exchange on the issue of guns involving Beto O'Rourke and Mayor Pete Buttigieg. What Pete has been saying is that a mandatory buyback is the shiny object that is distracting us. How in the world can you say that to March for Our Lives? How, how can you say that to survivors of mass shootings across this country? I, I was really offended by, by those comments. And I think he represents a kind of politics that is focused on uh, poll testing Buttigieg saying we can get background checks done now, we can get red flag laws done now, essentially uh, saying O'Rourke's call for a gun buyback is perhaps a step too far. Uh, what do you make of this clash between the candidates in the Democratic primary? Uh, I think that, that uh, Buttigieg is, is smart to focus on the issues that we can get, get done right now. Um, look, the reality is Beto is pretty far behind in the polls, um, and, and Pete continues to rise. So um, I think that that was a good some of this, of course, stemming from uh, Beto O'Rourke's comments in the last debate talking about AK-47s. Yeah, we're coming after your AK-47s. Yeah, and, and it shows the true colors of what the National Democrat Party and these candidates are, are really doing, and, and that is revealing to the American public. It hurts Beto O'Rourke. It hurts them as a whole. Uh, it, 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 you know, Pete Buttigieg and him fighting with each other, that's fine with me. I mean, the more of that, the better we, for we us. We haven't seen the mayor taking a, lot of, uh, taking a lot of heat from other Democratic candidates. Yet. No, we haven't seen that, but you've seen debate in our party on how to address a very substantive issue. I haven't heard anything from their party, except LaPierre goes to the White House and all of a sudden it goes away. All right. So we have to keep that in mind. At least we're discussing something. But Democrats are running away from Beto because they know with Beto and his stances, they cannot win the presidency. Beto O'Rourke is the Gerardo Rivera of the Democratic Party. You open the safe and there's nothing you inside. you got to leave it right there. Also this weekend, Governor Eric Holcomb wrapping up a two-week trade mission to Asia. He was in India this past week meeting with officials and checking out the Pacers' big game overseas. The week before, he spent time talking trade in China at a time where trade is front and center in the news. All right, as promised, we also want to bring you more of our interview with Attorney General Curtis Hill facing another hearing later this month on those groping allegations. Watch here his reaction as we asked him about his hopes for re-election. Do you know yet if you're going to run for re-election, and if so, are you concerned about having the support from your party in that? Anything else? There you go. The Attorney General uh, not happy with that question at the end of our interview. He has hired campaign staff, but still hasn't officially announced a run for re-election as he awaits that hearing later this month, which could impact his ability to practice law, uh, something party leaders have mentioned when talking about all the uncertainty surrounding this race after calling for his resignation last year. What do you make of that? That was crazy. I mean, he just sat there. It was like he didn't even hear what you said. Um, clearly, he's got issues that he's got to address in his own party. The governor has asked for him to step down. Speaker of the House has asked for him to step down. Their whole leadership has asked for him to step down. So at some point, he's got to, he's got to you listen. You think he's gearing up uh, for a fight? I don't think there's anything crazy about it. He just didn't want to answer. He, they're, they're doing everything uh, you would do, his team is, uh, to prepare. He's got a campaign manager. He raised uh, $220,000 in the last six months. He's got $200,000 on hand. He's on uh, national news because of issues like the the baby remains that were found in Illinois. He's, he's doing a phenomenal job on that on issue. The presidential impeachment yeah. as well. This we is a test of Governor Holcomb's leadership and a test of uh, Kyle Huffer's leadership. 
mean, as the state chairman, it is Kyle's job to find somebody to defeat Curtis Hill. You can't beat somebody with nobody, and we haven't found that person yet. That person hasn't yet come forward. And I don't think I don't think Curtis Hill is even waiting on the results of the Indiana Supreme Court. Uh, a disciplinary commission. He's not going to resign, even if they take away his law license. We'll see what happens next. We'll talk more about it on our podcast. Up next, we're sitting down with the candidates for mayor in Kokomo. Stick around. We'll be back after this. Less than a month to the municipal elections. This week, we're sitting down with both the mayoral candidates in Kokomo. Kayla Sullivan has more. Well, these two candidates have different ideas, but they also have different approaches. Tyler Moore describes himself as simple and to the point, while Abby Smith has a 30-page detailed plan for the city. My niche would be the ability and the track record of bringing multiple people together, listening to their concerns and their aspirations, and aligning those to forward progress. I mean, the auto industry has been wonderful uh, to Kokomo, and um, I mean, we've obviously uh, been a, a great partner uh, with them and we appreciate their investment uh, but as we all know relying on uh, one industry uh, can make things a little concerning at times. Well, if you'd like to learn more about these candidates their websites will be attached to this story online. Reporting in Kokomo for In Focus, I'm Kayla Sullivan. Kayla, thanks. Meantime, later this month, we're hosting a debate with all three candidates for mayor in Indy, October 28th, 7 p.m. on Fox 59. You can submit a question at fox59.com slash debate. We'll be right back to wrap things up after this. We're wrapping it up with this week's winners and losers. Robin. What Mike Murphy said last week about the disparity in crime rate in our community was, was pretty telling. The other, one, other winner is the men and women of the United Auto Workers who are fighting for their jobs. Tony. My winner for the week is President Trump. Even with this bogus uh, impeachment inquiry going on, he's still doing the job, signed an executive order to improve Medicare and, and give more choices to seniors. Yeah. Uh, my loser for the week is, is Vice President Mike Pence. He continues to tie himself to the president, and new information comes out every day about the Ukraine scandal. And I wouldn't be surprised if we find out Mike Pence was gave the president the idea. Mm. Mike. He asked me two losers. Trump, not because of the impeachment, but because on Friday he took uh, credit for the resurgence of Christianity in America. And also the people of Indianapolis have lost another human being, this time somebody gunned down in Broad Ripple Bar. All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. All right, here on the podcast, talking more with our panel, Robin Winston, Tony Samuel, Leanne Holcomb, Mike Murphy. Uh, so many quickly moving developments in the news this past week in Washington. And again, um, a lot of Hoosiers out there in D.C. and a lot of people wondering what's happening next. A lot of headlines also involving the vice president this week. And Hoosiers coming home. Dan Coates came home and said, I'm out. So, you know, people are leaving from D.C. because they're tired of what I think is a craziness. It's the breaking news network and you just can't keep track of it anymore. I think the president's got issues relative to the Constitution, fact-telling, national security, and upholding fair elections, which I thought was one of the most important things you're supposed to do, but now he's telling other countries to investigate his main opponent. Trade talks continue with China this coming week. Uh, the president obviously saying on the White House lawn, China should investigate the Bidens. He says today, Friday on the White House lawn, those are two separate things, but do, do you think people would have a reason to worry, perhaps, Within those trade talks, there's some leverage that's created if China does do something uh, to the president's political wishes. I think the concern there is that um, with the so-called uh, fake impeachment inquiry going on, um, does that 
look to other countries, do they, do they see that as a, a weakness in our government? Not necessarily in our president, but in our government. And then do they hold out um, because it builds their hopes that maybe he uh, doesn't get reelected and, and nobody's going to be as tough a negotiator as he is. So that's the concern. When you go through everything um, uh, that happened, yeah, it does look like a, a, a circus out there, however, Robin, you put it. But it's not the president. The president's moving on with business if he can. It's the Democrats that look for every reason, and they've been talking impeachment. Well, the president from day said one. it on the White House lawn. <laughs> China should investigate. Oh yeah, the no, you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regarding that issue, there was corruption when when Joe Biden's son Hunter gets 1.5 billion dollars for a private equity firm that he has no experience in running, uh, and he pulls it out of the Chinese government when no other of our financial. Uh, firms can do that from the Chinese government. There's corruption there. So the president saying that is, look, is again asking someone to look back at what happened in 2013, 2014, not 2020. Worse, worse than anything that Trump said on the White House lawn is what he said to the president of China in a phone call recently when he said, I will keep quiet on the Hong Kong protest. He is collaborating and colluding, that's a great word there, huh? <laughs> colluding with the president of China to diminish democracy movements around the world. Now, when we had Tiananmen Square, which I think was roughly 1989, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. George H.W. Bush, who was then the incumbent president, came out squarely on behalf of the Tiananmen uh, protesters and said, we support your effort for democracy and freedom. President Trump is like no other president in Republican history, certainly. I mean, he doesn't support the freedom movements that we traditionally have done um, and I don't, I don't know. I think it's far worse than asking China to investigate. What, what happened to those those protesters at Tiananmen Square? The guy that stepped in front of the tank, never seen again. A lot of them were killed. Um, President Trump has said publicly, and a lot, you know, when this was there was more of a focus on this, that they need to work it out. He, th he thinks that President Xi can work it out in five minutes if he wanted to. He wants a peaceful resolution of this. You, you're comfortable with him saying, asking China for something like that? Uh, to investigate? investigate? Yeah. To investigate? When, when um, I, I guess Biden... a lot of people have said, what if it were the other way around and President Obama asked Mitt Romney to investigate uh, someone in 2012, an American citizen? Well, but, but you're not, uh, here's my point. Trump is not concerned about Biden in 2020. Biden was faltering already before any of this. The reason he hasn't fallen in the polls is the other candidates are so weak. Trump is looking at the reasons why the Russian hoax happened in the first place. And tied into that are the Bidens and uh, what, the, what, what Hunter Biden did. Do you think he'd be interested a, a, in all that if Biden weren't running for billion, president? Yeah, no, no, but he was. But a billion five to buy influence with the American uh, government when it was President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden. First of all, there's, there's no ahead. evidence to support that. And, and second, deflection is, is the word here. And you will hear Republicans time and time again deflecting, oh, the Democrats are dragging Trump through this impeachment process. What choice does he have? But I'll remind um, everyone that, that Nancy Pelosi did not want to go through this impeachment process. Um, she had no choice. When you can't attack the facts, you attack the process and you attack the media. That's all there is to it. It's a great strategy. What I'm always amazed at is my fellow Republican friends in Washington, you know, they, they love the New York Times and the Washington Post when they attack Nadler, Schiff, or Pelosi. But as soon as those same reporters attack Trump, fake news, fake news, fake news. You can't have it both ways. 
Schiff got uh, four Pinocchios, I believe, uh, for this, the scenario in which the whistleblower, he had said at one point there was no contact with the whistleblower yeah. ahead of time. Uh, turns out he did approach the committees. The Washington Post gave him four Pinocchios. A, a reporter asked the president about that on Friday, and he, he thanked that reporter for asking him about it, to your point, about to, the, yeah. the Washington and so, Post. So the reporters aren't perfect, but they're generally doing a good job. You know, you can't, one of the two elements of a democracy is a free press. The other is private property rights. If you have those two things, you have a chance to have a successful democracy. It's the same playbook that he did in 16. Started criticizing Hillary Clinton, inferring, inferring. Now we infer Biden. He's been president for quite some time, Tony. Never brought this up until now. You know, what did he do about Khashoggi? You know, what did he do about the Saudi government? What did we do to Saudi Arabia? Anything, nothing. They killed a journalist. Now you have MBS saying it probably did happen during his watch. And we do nothing to that. I mean, when you talk about a freedom of the press, that's a clear threat to our freedom of the press. They killed a reporter. Well, I and, that, and but, now they're our ally. But now and, our, our and ally. I, I hate to be siding with Robin, frankly, but he's right. <laughs> um, the, you know, you had the president again last week saying we may start a state-run news agency, which how that work in Indiana? How that work in Indiana? We, <laughs> yeah. It was referred to back then as Pravda on the Plains, right? <laughs> so now it's Pravda on the Potomac instead. Yeah, just to set the record straight, he condemned the Khashoggi killing. He called for investigations uh, from our agencies, our intelligence agencies, and Saudi Arabia. They have people on trial. We don't know if they're real trials or not, but but that is going on. And he did condemn it. Where's the Senate investigation on, on this? I don't remember there ever being a Senate hearing on what happened in Saudi Arabia to that journalist. Well, Todd Young's I'm, talked about. Talked I'm about talking about, have they ever had a hearing on, this, on the murder of this guy? Well, you know, they haven't done it. Before we move on to another topic, where is all of this headed? Will we see the House impeach the president? Well, I think we will. I mean, they have the majority. I mean, they can do it without any help or from the Republicans. I think you'll see a late... 2019 pre-Christmas gift to the president of an impeachment. And then uh, uh, McConnell has said he has to hold the trial, but he also said there's no, yeah. it may not be lengthy. He could, he could find the guy innocent in an afternoon if he wanted to. I mean, that's, that's why you have split government. Do you think it's actually a gift politically? Or oh, just no, tie I was in with the, 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 the holidays. Holidays. Holiday Christmas yeah. spirit, you know. <laughs> Christmas spirit. I couldn't come Let's up with a Christmas lights Murphy. joke right. or anything like that. But. Yeah. It may be a gift for the Democrats that wanted uh, Nancy Pelosi to move uh, quickly on impeachment proceedings. Um, and, and you know they might they'll be taking votes and and that could score a lot of political points if as Trump continues to plummet um, in approval ratings and yeah it's a it's a gift um, it's you think a shame it is a it, gift that the, the president I, I think Democrats from. lose the house I think the president is reelected um, I think after three years of this bogus Russian hoax the American public knows what's going on here maybe Nancy Pelosi acted like she was reluctant for the impeachment, but everyone else on the Democrat, in the Democrat House at least, has been calling for this since uh, since day one of his election. Um, uh, and, and so the American public sees through it. More and more is coming out. You know, you had Kurt Vogler, the uh, Volker, the, Volker. Uh, Volker, yeah, the uh, envoy uh, uh, this week, um, you go before the Intelligence Committee uh, in a closed door uh, uh, hearing. and. Uh, it didn't support anything that the Democrats were saying like they had hoped. There were quite a number of text messages and, 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 that came yeah, out of that. But, but so. what it did, it supported the president's side 
and there's just going to be more and more. Is that how you saw in. it, Robin? I didn't see it that way. I must not have seen the same news. Um, <laughs> no, there, yeah. There's different, different news. Different, news different, yeah, yeah. Different, different news. Um, it, I think it's the filing deadline, Dan. South Carolina primary is early. Lindsey Graham's worried about an opponent in the primary. Watch and see these filing deadlines for these incumbents that are in states that are in trouble. So I think we'll impeach him, but I think we'll go into 2020 after filing deadlines when these folks can look around and say, so I don't have a right-wing opponent against me in South Carolina? Hmm. Now I finally feel comfortable to speak the truth. So watch the political calendar as much as just you know, the regular legislative let me, let me suggest that the president through his entire life has not, never suffered the consequences of his action, whether it's dodging the draft in Vietnam with the fake bone spurs or his bankruptcies, those always landed on the lenders and the investors, not on Donald Trump. Um, the way he treated his first wife, his second wife, his third wife, and other women in his life. And I think he is going to win re-election. I would never bet against the president because he never faces any consequences. Let's stick. Mm -hmm. if, if, and it's hard, but if we were to stick to the issues, and that's what uh, generally the American public wants to do, and that's why he's got supporters. Um, he wins, uh, maybe even in a landslide, but that's what is hard. People hate his personality. They hate things from his past. They hate his style. But when you look at what he's accomplishing, it's incredible. We'll leave it there. We'll no doubt be talking much more about all of this uh, coming up in the weeks to come. Other local news that struck you this week. I know you talked a lot about the crime. The Senator crime. It's just out on the it's a murder after a murder issue, after yeah. a murder after a murder. And, and as I said last week, it's, it's not going to change until a middle-class family is shot on the circle. Now, the fact that they've struck, why they say they, the crime has struck downtown, and now it's in broad ripple to the primary commercial tourism centers of the city. I mean, I don't wish any bad things on anybody, but the only, one that, the only area that hasn't been hit really is Mass Avenue at this point. And obviously, in the midst of all of this, we don't know how it's going to wind up as we record this the day before. The Marion County prosecutor's race and quite a decision this week by the interim prosecutor that got some national attention in terms of marijuana and whether cases, small cases of possession would even be prosecuted. It's a huge story. I mean, it was, you know, front page, inside page, and a third page in the star alone. Uh, it was pretty smart. We talked about communities of color, which a lot of the precinct committee people are from communities of color. So that was smart. I do believe fundamentally that the man believes in that, but the timing obviously was very, very good for him also. Uh, it's something Curtis Hill spoke up against. We played a, a number of clips from the Curtis Hill interview that we spoke about. Uh, the Attorney General saying he does not think that counties, while prosecutors do have discretion on particular cases, shouldn't make rulings of this nature that might, in his words, draw people interested in, in drugs to a, to a county. Sure. He thinks that might it, be taking place I, here. I, with I agree with that. Like I think that. it sends a terrible message. And although you could make the argument that it was good timing, um, I might uh, counter that, that it's just um, politically motivated. Uh, he's got this window where he's the uh, acting prosecutor. Uh, there should have been discussion. The mayor was caught off guard by this. Um, well, the mayor also, you know, didn't publicly support the interim prosecutor. The other, the, uh, the, the Moriarty, yeah, Moriarty and Mears, and again, we're taping this uh, the day before that decision, so we'll see how it all uh, shakes out. 
Uh, what else are you keeping your eye on here in the days to come? Well, I think the last uh, few weeks of the campaign, I'll be watching Jim Merritt's money and to see if he's able to pick up any speed. He finally got on TV with some decent commercials, uh, mostly cable. Um, but does you know does he have the ability to use what little money he does have to call more and more attention to the crime problem? Um, I'm I'm um, I'm not apt optimistic. I think uh, the mayor has like 73 percent. Um, approval rate among women who tend to be the ones who are more interested in crime and health care and education, things like that. And uh, it doesn't look good for Merritt. Um, and I think people are ignoring a huge problem in crime that's going to come home to roost in, uh, after the election. Yeah, we also see the Democratic uh, prosecutor, I'll be an interim prosecutor, um, talk about wanting to spend more time and resources um, uh, prosecuting violent crime. Yeah. Some people. Well, I was just going to talk about uh, on the mayor's race. Uh, I was just going to add that um, looking back at when Greg Ballard defeated Bart Peterson, I bet the numbers are similar. Uh, but also, what's similar, I think, is the lack of enthusiasm um, from the African American community and even uh, some in the Democrat Party. I think it'll. We need to watch what this uh, infighting uh, over the prosecutor's race does to Hogsett's chances. And I think uh, Merritt's in a position to take advantage because of the crime problem. Well, again, uh, Jim Merritt almost lost his state senate seat. But Merritt's a hard worker, but there's there's certain um, elements or certain signals that happened during the um, Ballard-Peterson race that aren't happening now. I was at a fundraiser four weeks before the, for for Ballard, four weeks before that election, and there were Democratic ward chairman at the Ballard fundraiser. Um, the African-Americans, you know, um, famously sat on their hands that race, right? Mm -hmm. And so there were indicators that Peterson was in trouble several weeks before he, he got his head cut off. You don't see that right now with, uh, with Hogsett. Last time we had a 22% turnout for mayor. 78% did not vote when Joe ran. I don't think the turnout's going to be very high this time. And, I, and I've learned from you, when I say GOTV does not mean just get on television, although <laughs> you have to. GOTV right. means get out the vote. Yep. And we're tracking some other races, for example, in Lawrence. There are 200 and some absentee ballot applications so far. If that stays on pace, you're going to have 6,000 people vote out of 70,000 potential voters. Mm -hmm. So that's an abysmal turnout. Folks better spend time knocking on doors and, and getting out there. I think everybody can agree from, mm -hmm. from all sides. Voter participation, <laughs> need to see more of it, right? right. People getting engaged yeah, in the Yeah, well, process. I looked at the numbers. The um, uh, Joe Hogg said in a municipal year got, I think, uh, 92,000 votes. Terry Curry got a hundred or 201,000 votes in 2018. Andre Carson got, um, I think, 141,000 votes. These so off-year municipals, it's, the it's only thing on the ballot. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's a good point. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for uh, joining us this week. We'll see you again next week on In Focus.